So I wanted to talk a bit about something that is, I guess, appropriate for this time of year. Um, and that's change. You know, January is a very popular time uh, for folks to set resolutions. Um, you know, it's a popular time for a variety of reasons. You know, we look at ourselves and our routines this time of year and think, you know, do I need to change anything or what do I need to change? What am I not happy about? Um, the time feels right because it's a new year. We we have a new number at the end of the at the end of the date. Uh, maybe we've done a bit of reflecting on the year. I know a lot of folks I talk to have a tradition of reflecting um, on the previous year as the calendar changes. Uh, we ask ourselves, well, what did we do? You know, what have, what did we become? What went well? Is there anything we wish we would have done differently? You know, what do we want the new year to look like? Um, you know, and, and for a lot of us, we celebrate some holidays at the end of the year. Um, you know, maybe that leaves us feeling a bit overwhelmed, and so we're kind of coming down from that. Uh, all of the, the busyness or the loneliness of the holidays, all of the traveling and gift giving and eating and drinking, uh, or maybe we had some time off of work. Now in January, things are starting to get back to normal and we want to reflect, like, do I want to go back to normal? Do I want to do the last year over again? Or is there anything that I want to change this year? And so it's a good opportunity for reflection. <clears throat> And it's not unusual for folks to make resolutions, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions, uh, you know, perhaps to lose weight from all that holiday eating and drinking. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's to find a new job this year. You know, this is the year. Exercise more often, get in better shape, travel somewhere, uh, meditate more often. Like, man, I want to be more mindful this year. I want to get on the cushion more often this year. So we start to set some goals for ourselves. And we may do well for a time, but a lot of New Year's resolutions wound up getting broken because we lose our resolve. Uh, our motivation falls off a bit. And before too long, we're doing things as we've always done them. And we feel like, ah, it's pointless to change. I just, I am stuck who I am. This is, this is who I am. Right. And this can be really frustrating, you know, and it can make us feel a little helpless to change. And, you know, this can even feel like it kind of contradicts this notion in Buddhism that everything changes, that everything is impermanent, change is constant. Because if nothing is permanent, why am I stuck being the same person, right? Why am I? Why do I have the same habits, even though I try to break them? I'm stuck in the same job. I'm still single. I'm still married, right? Still can't fit into those jeans, even when I want to change. Why can't I change if everything changes? And here's why I think that it's hard for us to experience real change what we want change to happen. Uh, and I think it's because we're trying to change the wrong things. Right? We're trying to change our routines or our bodies. Right? Instead of changing our thoughts. 
And if we try to change everything around us except our thoughts, we're just going to recreate for ourselves the same situation we find ourselves in today. Right. So, for example, say that, say I struggle with anger. And I'm feeling unhappy at work, really stressed out. Coworkers annoy me. Boss is always on my case. So for 2023, my resolution is I'm going to find a new job. Fresh start, right? New year, new me. So I update my resume, change that. You know, I apply for jobs. I go through interviews. I get hired. Started my new job. And for a while, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. You know, boss is great. No annoying coworkers. Everything is new and interesting. So mission accomplished. You know, I changed that thing going to be happy now because the job is different but then the novelty wears off the boss is on my case again co-workers are starting to bug me a little bit and I'm angry every day so it must be this job <laughs> so gotta change it again right just move on and you know we could play that example out in a variety of scenarios you know I want to lose weight so I follow a diet, I buy a treadmill, I join a gym, and for a while it works, losing pounds, that's great, but then I gain it all back. Yes, I'm just overweight, right? I can't change. And like I said, I think this is a struggle for a lot of us when we don't see the kind of change that we want to see, despite a lot of effort, you know, time and money and, and, and energy can go into these changes. Because we're trying to change ourselves by changing everything around us. Right? And what we need to change is our mental programming, our habit energy, as we sometimes call it. And, and you may be familiar with our teaching on causal origination. Um, I know we recorded some talks on that topic uh, in the past. Um, but essentially, the, the, the cycle of causal origination is that, you know, we, we experience things in the world, experiences. Those experiences over time form patterns, right? We say, well, this is predictable. I see that. When I see that, this happens, and I kind of have those patterns. And based on those patterns, we develop beliefs. This is the way the world is. This is the way I am in the world. Right? We believe that's the way that things are, and a lot of times we believe that's the way things should be, right? if it's net positive. And then we encounter things um, in our daily lives, maybe that run counter to our beliefs, and then those lead to thoughts. Those thoughts very quickly manifest as emotions. You know, happiness, oh, I like that thing. I don't like that thing. I'm afraid of that thing. That thing makes me feel uncertain. Right? We take actions based on those emotions you know what we think is right um, you know that person made me angry so I'm going to avoid them or I'm going to yell at them or I'm going to talk about them behind their back we take actions and those actions have consequences which lead to additional experiences <laughs> and then the, the cycle repeats right experiences lead to thoughts emotions actions consequences over and over again right and it's within this cycle where we have the ability to make the real change, right? Our thoughts, 
And like I said, that's not normally where we focus. Normally we're thinking like, well, I'm just going to let that cycle run, but I'm going to move. Or I'm going to change my, you know, significant other, get a new girlfriend, get a new boyfriend. I'm going to, like I said, instead of spending time at home, I'm going to spend time in a gym. And that's going to change me. But the mental pattern, the software in the hardware is still running the same way. Right? If I install a program on 10 different computers, it's going to run pretty much the same way. Right? I could change hardware, but the software is still the same. The software is still going to try to make the hardware do what the software says it's going to do. So when we change things and we're not trying to change our thoughts, the programming, you know, we're trying to change the wrong thing. And, and a lot of times we, we avoid changing our thoughts because we assume we are our thoughts that we're locked in. We believe the beliefs that we've developed over time. That's who we are. I can't change those. So I have to change everything else. Because maybe once I've changed everything else, the thoughts will just change on their own. Or I change everyone else. Everyone else has to start, you know, behaving differently, behaving the way that I want them to. And once they do that, then I can be happy. I don't need to change my thoughts. I need to change everything else. I was uh, I was chatting with a coworker the other week, uh, and she told me how stressed she's been at work, um, and how much work she has to do, and how you know she may be running from meeting to meeting, and people will stop her in the hallway while she's running between meetings. And she said, like, boy, sometimes I just feel like the next person who stops me is going to get yelled at. You know, they need to take the hint and see that I'm busy and leave me alone so I can get where I need to go so I can get my work done. And I challenged her a bit. <laughs> and I said, if, if you're thinking to yourself that the next person to bother you is going to get yelled at, you know, whether or not someone actually does bother you, and you've already made up your mind that you're going to yell at someone. And whether or not someone bothers you or interrupts you is incidental. You're already angry. You've already thought that thought and bought into it. And that feeling stressed has less to do with being interrupted than it does with telling yourself that it's other people's fault <laughs> that I'm feeling stressed out. And that if they do this one thing, it's going to be one thing too many. And I'm going to yell at them. So being stressed out has less to do with being interrupted than it does with telling ourselves that we're, we're, it's the other people who are stressing us out. Right. And that's not to say that people can't make us angry. Right. You know, <clears throat> or things don't go according to plan and. Maybe even someone's willfully doing things to make us upset. Certainly that happens. Rarely, but it happens. But often we're the ones making ourselves angry. And we sort of preemptively blame that on other people. Right? Because it's more natural to tell that story. 
right? Most people will agree to us if we're telling that story. Um, you know, can they, can you believe they did this to me? Oh, that's the worst. I don't blame you for being upset, right? So then we're justified, right? I'm allowed to feel that way. It's right. Why would I change that thought pattern? Because I agree with me. <laughs> this person agrees with me. And, and the, the thoughts lock in tighter and tighter. They reinforce themselves. Those beliefs get stronger and the thoughts happen very quickly and lead into those emotions, actions, consequences, so on and so forth. The cycle repeats. So it can be very hard to come to the realization and accept it that our discomfort is less about what's happening to us and more about what we're thinking about what's happening to us. And it can be easy, much easier to kind of agree with that intellectually than it can to really understand it and accept it in our lives. Right. I, uh, I think I shared last year a story um, or part of a story where I, I realized I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to do everything right all the time. And I attributed that pressure to other people. Oh, they're demanding perfection of me. They're demanding that I do everything right all the time. And, you know, this led to, to you know, uh, some moments of distress. And, and I, uh, I had an impact on my physical health. And I, I, you know, was chatting with Sensei Tony. And he challenged me a little bit. You talk through the four questions and, and I came to realize that I was putting the pressure on myself. Right. The call was coming from within the house, right, as they say. Uh, but I was the one holding the receiver, right? I was the one making the phone call. It's causing all the anxiety. And, and honestly, I had mixed emotions about that realization that I was doing it to myself. Right. <coughs> Pardon me. I felt frustrated because I recognized that I was the one making things hard for myself, right? Like, you're telling me it, it could have been a lot easier and I was making it hard on myself? That's frustrating and embarrassing. I felt embarrassed, you know, because I was convinced that I was just responding to demands from other people, you know, that it was someone else was making me feel this way or other people who are making me feel this way but I also felt relieved because I could do something about it right I, I can't change other people I can't always change the demands on me but I can change how I feel about those demands and how much pressure I'm putting on myself because they're my thoughts you know I have a say in how I think about things Right. So, so while it may be difficult and there might be some layers of programming that we kind of have to work through to get at that realization. And I'm not saying go in and just say all my thoughts. I'm responsible for all my thoughts because, yes, that's true. But that's not very easy for us to acknowledge or really do anything with. So, so we want to be pretty specific when we're, when we're thinking about what it is we want to change and why we want to change it. But it's important. Even though it's difficult, it's important to understand this and accept it and integrate it. Because it marks the entry point for real change. It's like a keyhole, right? 
you can bang on the whole door, but the keyhole is how you unlock the thing, right? It's, you know, understanding that we have the ability to change our thoughts is like being able to unlock the lock that makes us feel like we're stuck, right? Like a bike lock that's tethering us to some big mental rock that my bike's stuck there, I can't move it. I can pull on it all I want, but you have to unlock it. And once we make that realization that we can change our thoughts, we can start to pick that lock, you know, through reflection and experimentation. <clears throat> Entertaining the notion that we can think different thoughts is like getting a sense of the tumblers in the lock that need to be lifted into place, pushed in to make the lock turn and open up. And that process of picking the lock is evaluating our emotions and the thoughts that precede them. You know, reflecting on the beliefs that precede the thoughts, right? Chasing that cycle back and understanding that software. What may not be true about that belief? You know, what would happen if I thought or did something differently in those situations? And once we take ownership of our thoughts and can understand where those thoughts come from, we realize that we're no longer controlled by those thoughts. And that's what makes real change possible. And so I'll, I'll close by saying that this process takes time. It takes practice. It takes patience with ourselves, right? So for example, I, uh, you know, people who know me now, but not when I was younger, you know, are, are usually surprised tell them that, like, I was pretty angry when I was young, right? I seem pretty laid back now. I like to think I am. Yellow cards in soccer, penalty minutes in hockey, you know, lots of opportunities to lose my temper. Um, and over time, I, I, I think I've mellowed out. Certainly age and experience have done that. Um, but I've learned new thought patterns, you know, because I recognize, like, some ways of thinking are not very useful. And ones that would make me get very angry were not very useful ones to hang on to. And so I tried to challenge those. You know, find different ways of responding to experiences that may have set me off in the past. But here's the thing. That doesn't mean that the potential for anger isn't still there. It's still there. Just because I've picked that lock doesn't mean that I'll never get angry. I mean, I still sometimes am in situations where I feel that flash of, of irritability. You know, something's not working the way it's supposed to, or I get impatient. Right? I still feel that. It's still there. The, the rock that we lock ourselves to, it doesn't just go away. But we're no longer locked to it. Right? So I may feel that flash. I may see that spark of anger. But I'm not controlled by it. Because it's my thought. It belongs to me. I don't belong to it. I am not it. Right? And I have a choice 
to heap fuel on that fire and let it flare up very quickly. And when we practice that thought pattern, it happens very effortlessly. But when I practice a different, different thought pattern, or when I practice just to be more aware of my thoughts, then I can see that spark and think like, hmm, apparently that thing makes me spark, <laughs> right? So I have a choice. It takes effort, right? And I'll even admit, you know, there have been changes I've made in my life that I, as I look back on, I'm like, oh, that felt pretty easy because of where I am now. But then I go back, I, I've, I've always been a big journaler, uh, you know, whether it's an audio journal or writing down, I would go back and I would look at journals I had in the past and I was like, oh, this took a while. This was really hard, <laughs> right? It took effort. We, we may remember the change easy, but it takes time. So be patient with yourself because it does get easier over time. And, and awareness is the beginning and it's worth it. Making that real change is worth it uh, because that ability to change is what makes us free. You know, free from our thoughts, free from our patterns. And this applies in any number of those situations that I mentioned at the beginning. You know, maybe it's unhappiness in jobs, in a job or relationship, or in your own body. But just be thoughtful of what it is you're trying to change. Because the rest will change around you often as you change your thoughts. So, as you consider your New Year's resolutions, be mindful of what it is you're trying to change. Are you trying to change the scenery? Or are you trying to change your mind? So I, I hope that those thoughts are helpful um, and maybe timely, given that it's the start of a new year and a lot of us are thinking about changes that we may uh, want to make this year. So thank you.